everybody. Thank you for joining us again for another episode of Seasons at Stone River. I'm Megan Barber. And I'm Philip Gallion. And we're just thankful to have you with us each week to talk about different things that are happening within the, the our church as well as related to the sermon series and for the church calendar. This week, we wanted to talk about mental health because mental health is the overall topic for our mission project during this sermon series. And you're going to hear a little bit um, from Pastor Megan about about her journey through taking classes about mental health to getting a master's degree in it, to some practical misconceptions of what mental health is or is not, or approaches to how to lovingly care for those that have or those that are going through mental health crises and and, and how we as the Church of Stone River uh, can walk alongside organizations that focus on mental health and people that are struggling with their mental health. And so, Pastor Megan, I wanted to ask, what experience do you have in the mental health world from schooling to jobs? Like, how, how, has, like how are you in the mental health world? My intro into mental health was I used to be a substance abuse prevention educator at Riverbend in Florence. And that was essentially going into the schools and educating students on the effects of alcohol and other drugs on on their mental health and, and ways to avoid that, but also to educate on how to have positive coping skills, how to deal with bullying, how to handle issues of social media use and, and all those things that lead to the anxieties and and the need to self-medicate. So that was kind of the intro into that. But while I was working at that job, I started um, pursuing a a degree, a a master's degree in counseling. But prior to that, I, I go back and think about all the years that I was in church ministry before then and just seeing how mental health wasn't um, very communicated well within the church room and how a lot of students and a lot of parents and, and a lot of just, um, just pastors too struggled with mental health issues of anxiety, depression, you know, and how those affected their everyday decision-making and everyday life. And so it really made me want to pursue some more technical understanding, right? To pursue a more educational realm, to hear the theories, to hear the techniques, how to help people, um, but also how to better pastor people with mental health and help normalize that for them. Yeah. So you're, you're currently working on, on two master's degrees, which is just insane. Um, on some level, but it's also a it really is. good thing. Um, like it's you're you're focusing on your master's of divinity for um, for pastoral ministry, but you're also getting a master's uh, of counseling. And so, what made you decide to get that second master's? And how do you see the two the two master's degrees that you're working on right now? Like, how do you see those connecting together? First of all, it is highly insane. <laughs> And I would never recommend it for anybody else. But no, I see them as very integral parts of one another. So, of course, I'm doing the Masters of Divinity in order to pursue ordination within the United Methodist Church. 
am extremely thankful to be able to pastor here and to study and learn and apply those all in one thing together. But the Masters of Counseling stems from having been in ministerial situations and not knowing what to do for the person. Um, I go back to my first instance of this. My husband and I, we weren't married yet this time. We were dating, but we were attending this um, United Methodist Church plant together. And I remember one night during a youth lock-in, a girl just opened up to me about the sexual abuse that she has experienced, Mm -hmm. as well as her, her cutting of herself and all of these things. And I just felt so helpless of how to help her with what she's feeling. Um, And so I just vowed I didn't want to feel that way again. I want to be able to help people when they open up to me and share these things with me that I'm able to be confident enough to get them the help that they needed. Um, And so that was kind of like my wake up call to the fact that maybe there's a little bit more that I need here in pastoring than just a good biblical education that also I need to know practical ways to help people, you know, move forward in, in their healing, in their uh, mental health. Um, but also just to have the tools and the confidence that when people come in and are open with me, like they trust me that I'm able to reciprocate that well and actually take care of them. Yeah. And I think the, the, the masters of counseling is so important because as a, as a pastor, like we, uh, most pastors are trained in, in pastoral counseling. And I think where people get confused sometimes is that people who struggle with mental health can come talk to us as pastors about their mental health. But if they want professional help, like we as pastors have to recommend them to people who are who have those degrees in counseling, who have those degrees in in psychology, in you know, in 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 fields that are related to mental health. Yeah, it's definitely an extra step. Uh, I mean, I remember taking care of persons, and it, it's such a great introduction to handle crises within church, but. You know, you do need that extra care for people who are struggling with mental health and and you need some that specialized training. I don't want to call it education. It really is training. It's really just getting a toolbox to be able to care more for the whole person. Because, you know, all of these have a spiritual component to them. Absolutely. You know, when we think about the holistic being, right, that we're all made up of a physical, emotional, and spiritual that's how God created us to be. That's the image of God within us. So if one aspect is off, if you're suffering in one area, it's going to affect all the other areas as well. So being able to have that, that broader holistic view can be life or death changing for people. Mm -hmm. Um, Because so many times people will come to pastors, open up and share with them and then feel rejected by the pastor for having shared that information. And mainly it's usually just a simple misunderstanding that the pastor just doesn't know how to further help the person. Yeah. Um, And so, you know, as United Methodists, we believe in, in doing no harm. Mm -hmm. And and so I I wanted to get that extra, that extra training in order to be able to help, you know, my parishioners and those that I meet in the community 
be able to help get the healing that they need. Absolutely. And so when it comes to mental health, there's, there are a lot of theories and ideas um, that are, that are backed up by facts, but some are not. So what are two or three misconceptions about mental health that you want people to know? Yeah. So one of them is that everybody and anybody can deal with mental health. It is not a respecter of persons. You would be surprised how many successful, or I guess what we call successful people in this society, like celebrities and wealthy people and all that deal with mental health issues just like those who are in the lower income areas. Mm-hmm. Yep. And it runs across every racial and ethnicity group and also every gender. I mean, mental health is, again, not a respect of persons. So everybody can be affected by it in some way. And then two, I would say that mental health is something not to be afraid of. I think that we stigmatize mental health as thinking of like the um, harsher, you know, illnesses such as like schizophrenia and, and like personality disorders and things. And while that does exist, we see mental health project more commonly in anxiety and depression disorders. Mm-hmm. And again, those can be situational depending on like what the person is going through, but it can also just be genetic. And then the other thing is to, Mental health issues are not a choice. People don't choose to have addictions. They don't choose to have bipolar disorder. They don't choose any of those things. Mental health is often the result of an imbalance within the brain that the person couldn't control. We live in a world where there are aspects of mental health that churches sometimes have a very bad habit of saying, Well, just pray about it. Like Jesus is your counselor. And I find a lot of like fallacy in that because yes, Jesus is there to comfort and Jesus is there to, to walk with us through those mental health crises. But like, like I also believe that Jesus calls us to, to help us like better ourselves by taking action steps, such as visiting counselors, visiting mental health organizations, because it it goes back for me, at least the the passage in John where Jesus meets the beggar at the pool of Bethsaida and or the lame man at the pool of Bethsaida and, and he asks the questions like do you want to be well and the man says well yes and Jesus says you know stand up and walk and people will use that as a as an argument as well Jesus is your therapist but I see it as Jesus empowering us and not shaming us into having the mental health ailments that we have and be like, be proactive in, not in finding like complete cure, but in finding hope and healing from the stigma, like from the stigmatations that the church has placed on mental health sometimes. Yeah. So when we look at the Imago Dei, right, being made in the image of God, well, if we know that Jesus has the characteristics of a counselor and healing, Mm -hmm. we see throughout scripture where he gives that same power to his disciples of healing and counseling. So to me, healing and counseling are a spiritual gift that that some of us have. Some of us can learn it. Some of us are born with that, but it is a power given to us by the Holy Spirit in order to do those things. But helpers are not the ones doing the healing. Ultimately, it is the Holy Spirit 
it's just they get to be the vehicle used to do so like like we talked about earlier we as a church during the sermon series we're we're partnering with various mental health organizations here in indicator and in north alabama during our mission project for this sermon series so megan what are we as a church doing right now with our mission project for this sermon series which 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 focuses on mental health we are doing a lot like i'm so thankful that we are taking mental health so serious here which we see that in the whole building of the holistic center that mental health is important to us at Stone River. But we are cultivating that culture long before the building gets here. So some ways that we are working on mental health awareness this sermon series is we had a speaker a couple of weeks ago that was at the UMW meeting. We had a speaker from the Mental Health Association who spoke on the different types of grief as well as some coping skills about how to, to deal with grief and how to help other people who are experiencing grief. So we've had that happen already. We are partnering with the Mental Health Association and the Mental Health Center of North Central Alabama, as well as Alabama Park together, to meet up on Monday, May 10th at 10 a.m. to go hand out flyers within our community, helping people to find where they can get help, where they can find support groups, where they can find counseling services, how to find hotlines when they're having crises, how to help with pandemic grief, all of those things. So we'll be handing out door hangers and brochures and things throughout the neighborhood. So we're looking for people to come and help with that. We will be taking up some items for those who are in inpatient housing, recovering from some mental health issues. And so we'll be gathering coloring books and color pencils and stuff, which has a very therapeutic benefit to it, mindfulness coloring. And then we um, will be launching some grief support groups at the end of May, beginning of June, for those who have lost spouses and those who have lost parents and parental figures. Yeah, and... And it's really cool to see to see our church be a place that ushers in that hope and that healing and and knowing that like mental health is not something that it that that is quote unquote gotten over in a day. It's something that we that like those that those that struggle with mental health is probably gonna be a lifelong struggle. And knowing that there's a place where they can come find rest and hope and healing along that journey. Is, is really at the core of what Jesus is calling us to do as Christians, to walk alongside those, those that are struggling, those that are hurting, and those that are looking for places and ways to continue to press forward. And I, I'm just thankful to be a part of a church that, that understands and recognizes that. Yeah, I, I am too. I am very thankful that this church cares about mental health because for so long, I think that the church in general has just been silent about that. Or as you said, that we try to pray it away or are these things, which prayer is important. Please don't, don't misunderstand that. Yeah. But I also believe that Jesus puts people in places and gives them abilities to help one another. When you look at the whole stories of the body of Christ, and we all learn that we all have a different part and different role within that body of Christ. But all of it comes for the edifying of the body. Right. And so when one of us is sick, we, we need a doctor. <laughs> yeah. 
And that's the same thing with mental health. When we are experiencing something that is causing distress within our day-to-day lives, then we need help. We need assistance. We need to be able to support those who are going through that and to help normalize it instead of stigmatize it. I am proud to say that I think in today's culture, mental health is starting to be less stigmatized, that it's being more more educated about, right? That people are aware that pretty much all of us deal with something and that it's okay to say that, that we are struggling with something. Some of us may struggle with it our entire lives. Some of us, it may just be for a short season. But I think that we as a church have to lift one another when we're in those situations instead of turning our backs on one another or hurting someone because we can't accept them for where they are right now. Yep. So I appreciate your perspective and and shedding light on on mental health and, and highlighting what we're doing in conjunction with mental health associations for our, our mission project, this sermon series. Anything else that you want to add to, to what we've talked about? Yeah, let me go ahead and talk a little bit about those upcoming grief groups. We will be launching some grief groups at the end of May, beginning of, of June. So on May 27th, we will start with our first session for those who've lost spouses. Our loss of spouse support groups will meet every Thursday at 10 a.m. for eight weeks. And then we'll, we'll launch our loss of parent or parental figures grief groups on Sunday, June 6th at 6 p.m. Mm-hmm. And that'll be every Sunday for eight weeks. Okay. And so the whole thing behind this, we're going to be using a curriculum called Beyond the Broken Heart as kind of our guide through this grief. And it was written by Julie uh, Yarborough who actually, um, her husband was a United Methodist pastor in Texas, and he passed after a short diagnosis of, I think, pancreatic cancer. And so she talks about her own experience and what she's learned about grief and how our faith plays a role in our grief and how God can accept all of us even when we, we feel lost. And so I'm really excited to be able to offer this to the church in conjunction with Hickey Hubbard, who is our Holistic Center Director, and Coleman Thompson, who's going to help co-facilitate one of the groups as well. So we're just looking for ways that we can continue to help our congregation who's experienced so much loss over these last couple of years. And Awesome. Um, all right. Well, Megan, thank you for your time. And Thank you all so much for listening today. Uh, we we hope that you can continue to download and subscribe and and hear what God is doing in the life of our church and in our hearts. And uh, next week we're going to be talking about the ascension of the Lord. It's a season or a Sunday in the church rather where we talk about the scripture passage of Jesus going going up to heaven. And so we're excited to talk about that next week. And so again. Thank y'all for listening to Seasons at Stone River, sponsored by the Church at Stone River in Decatur, Alabama. 